Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast, the first podcast of 2021. Hope you had a wonderful holiday period. I hope 2021 is better for you than what I assume uh, 2020 was, which uh, is bad for most people. Then yeah. again, there were a few there were a few uh, flowers in there that bloomed, but for Such most people, us. it was a. <laughs> would you say? Well, actually, for you, yeah, you were all over the news, and then but you, you bloomed, was, right? What's that? You bloomed all over TikTok. Actually, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I bloomed that with was all the uh, flower with the uh, sprouters. Yeah, you did. You, holy shit, you did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you you had two wins out of that. That is incredible. You were fifteen twice. It's amazing. You <laughs> got like again. <laughs> you Jesus did. Christ. Well, um, it's like the best medium to be on, and that was your twenty twenty. It was just like okay, I'm not gonna. Uh, it was amazing. It was like, you know what you were? It was when you started out on Facebook, but it was doing that again, but this time with money. That's what. <laughs> I like that you being mainstream headline news is analogous to me <laughs> going semi-viral on TikTok. I mean, I'll take it. But Dude, I, think I think what you, you did was was very uh, was was pretty impressive, man. You you garnered a lot of attention. And you really got your name out there. Well, that's... Look, but the thing is... It already was. More people would know who you are than me from being in papers. No one's reading them. It's it's that's so true, much better to just have, like, you know, so many people being like, Mum, look at this! You know, that that is such better advertising. Especially because, like, none of the press was positive. So, <laughs> it's well, like a you double know whammy. Say, any publicity is good publicity. Well, especially for me. You know what? Even just the articles from whatever publication, Sydney Morning Herald or whatever, just those being posted on Facebook was enough publicity for you. That's definitely true. Look, it's the new way to get publicity in news, I think, is ever since the internet was invented. And there's only a few people that have cottoned onto this. Trump being one of them. This is any time you ever get a negative piece of paper, you just get it out and be like, look at this. This is unbelievable. That's not true. That's not true either. Look how I can't believe they lie like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you've got That's a, if, how you do it. If you've got a cult of personality already following you that love you and adore you and have basically deified you, then anything negative is going to be seen as an, uh, a dishonest attack. True. If you don't have that, that's when it would be really effective. I think that's what they mostly rely on is the fact that most people do not have yes. a following to begin with. So they've got no one that's just going to like sympathetically hear them out to begin with. Yeah. So if they just come out and say it's not true, everyone's just going to be like, yeah, sure it isn't whoever you are. Not a nice place to be. Well, my mum believes me. Yeah. Even then, I, you know, mums love papers, so. <laughs> they might not. Yeah, you... I don't think Holy they'll be... shit! They might like Laura Tingle more than you, and that—that's Who's that? that's, she's just one of the main stables at Fairfax. Okay. Well, she she moved in and out, but she's just Ugh. one of those major the the classic Hivey looking woman with those thin glasses that is, you've always seen. Is twenty twenty one the year you declare war on Fairfax? I mean, you already have, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you really no, hate they're, them. they're fucking going down because they're the worst of both worlds. Think about it. It's the sinisterness of Murdoch Press mixed mm. with the cuntiness of the ABC. It's like, can, can you pick a better target than that? <laughs> Do they, uh, are they actually Mur- Murdoch owned? What's the ownership no, no, there? No. I thought it was, didn't Gina Reinhardt own she did. a bit of them? She did. 
uh, I can't remember who she ended up selling it to, but eventually Nine bought them out. So Nine now owns 50% of the press in this country. And is Nine owned by Murdoch? No, Nine. Who owns the Packer? No, he sold no, it. No, he sold it. It's it's no longer like a majority shareholder, I don't think. I think it's like a private investment firm that owns most of them. But so the point is that North it's shared. North, of course. Well, so yeah. pretty much just Packer, but you don't yeah. know him. yeah. That's who owns it. But Peter Costello is on the board now. And as always, it's just the same thing. It's just like, you know, the fact that they sit there and say that they're independent when like one of the most hard-hitting liberal politicians of all time is on their board. It really boggles the mind that they are able to sit there with that level of cognitive dissonance and be like, but we got this piece of paper that says we're independent, which, by the way, apparently was never even signed. How many people are on their uh, board? 12 or...? That's a good question. I, from memory, think it was nine. I could be wrong. Mm. Nine for nine. And there was what other does ones the board on there. What do you even do? That's a good question. I don't know anything. What is it like? What does the CEO do? What's their responsibility? And then what does the board do? The board would all have different responsibilities. So there would probably be like people that are just there as advisors. Yeah. But then there'd also be like the CFO, so the chief financial officer, uh-huh. uh, you know, the COO, I think chief organizing officer or whatever. And then the CEO is just the one that overlooks that. So the CEO is yeah. pretty much just, it's just market, it's just uh, managers over and over and over again. The CEO is just the top manager that just says to the board, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we're doing this. And then they just have their little, I guess just like a prime minister. I've heard people make a full-time career just being on a series of boards for big companies and the boards only meet once a month or something Mm -hmm. and they make, and just by being on a board, they get a ridiculous salary. Mm -hmm. I want to know what they do. What's their day-to-day when they're at that board meeting? Fuck all, they collect checks. They just like cut, cut the costs here. Is that what they do? Sometimes, sometimes they don't even do that. A lot of the time, they're just on the boards because they're owed favors. That that is a legitimate mm. career for some people. <laughs> so they just get fifty thousand from this board, ninety thousand from this one. It's always just an advisor, but it's usually just a kickback because they're owed favors for something. Yeah, it's so uh, it's so weird to me. If anyone's parents are on a board, let me know what they actually do. I'll tell you what there is because there is different ones there, right? So usually, if you have someone on a board that has a political background, you want them there because then they can pull favours. So it's all just a it's a way to, uh, well, like finance and, and just curry favour with the government. That's one element of it. But then there's other people on the board, say, for instance, that would have like a background in science and say that you're making, I don't know, you're on an agricultural board or something like that. Then somebody can just come in and say, can we increase wheat by 40% in terms of like size or something? And they'll just be like, I I don't think that's biologically possible. You know, (laughs) that's their job. It really is like, yeah, a lot of the time, a lot of the board members are there just as advisories. Because obviously, Mm. really, like the CEO is going to be calling the shots at the end of the day. Gosh, so much uh, of the revenue of any big corporation goes to the top tier, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Even though people in your big investment banks, even the lowest level there would still be making ridiculous salaries. Yes, they That's would. That just shows how much money these uh, companies are worth. Yeah. Some of these CEOs, especially the CEOs that make the most amount of money are always part of that half corporate, half government hybrid, like your Telstras. Those guys make bank. Mm. NBN Co., Another massive CEO that's on huge amounts of money. You really wonder how uh, good these people must be because in their mind or the theory is that, well, 
the the market for these top tier CEOs is so competitive, and the difference between a moderate CEO versus a you know a really high level CEO would mean millions of dollars of extra revenue for the corporation. Yeah. So it justifies the ten million dollars a year salary. But obviously, I just find that so crazy to believe how. Mm important could their job really be how significant could the decisions be that they make that it justifies 20 million dollars a year i mean maybe i don't know look maybe if i was somehow uh you know on the board of a corporation and said oh let's just give one million dollars to a ceo maybe the company will go under i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like seems weird though. terrible decision yeah (laughs) uh look I think that the most important role of a CEO, the ones that you always see, like, so, so for instance, uh, good to great, pretty much all it's just talking about is uh, the ones that are really worth their money are the ones that generate a culture within the organization. So mm-hmm. everyone is just sort of leading themselves and is motivated to excel. The ones that kind of just make these chop change decisions as you were saying, there's only so many decisions you can make. Oh fuck, revenues down. What do we do? Do we fire people? You know, or do we we cut that department? It's, yeah, what? <laughs> it's always the same decision. <laughs> how many people do we fire making? this year? That's the, <laughs> that's yeah, how, always how smart. Could they possibly have to be? <laughs> yeah. Do we fire them? Do we not fire them? Maybe I'm just uh, very ignorant. Someone who is a CEO. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're listening to this podcast. Maybe a future CEO. I'm sure there's some future CEOs listening to this podcast. So in 30 years, when you're the CEO of whatever big corporation you, you're the CEO of, email me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that yeah. podcast you did 30 years ago and you didn't know what a CEO did and you're very ignorant. This is what Or at I least give us a prediction day. of what you think you'll be doing. You think you'll just be collecting a lot of checks? Because it seems to be both of our theory at the moment. It seems that you just seem to be sitting around on like a chair that's slightly bigger than everybody else's and sitting there just being like, are you working? And people say, yes. You're like, good. And that's what you get paid $10 million for. And what does that even mean? Like <laughs> establishing a good culture. I mean, what do you, like, does that really, okay. For just your day-to-day worker at, I don't know, Macquarie Bank or something. Are they going to become 50% more productive if the CEO is like, this is our vision statement? Are they going to be like, oh, now I really got to knuckle down? Like, what the fuck? What culture are they instilling that makes everyone work that much harder? Well, see, that's the thing. Now, because there's just been so many people saying you have to develop a culture, it's just, it's it's one of those junky buzzword things that you hear, don't you? Like, every time you're ever listening to somebody who's like, fuck. I hate this word so much. Shied hustle seminars or anything like that. They will be saying that. You know, real businesses develop a culture. But they're not talking about that kind of stuff. I, I really don't think they are. They, they are really instilling into the minds of their employees that what they are doing is important and the fact that those employees are valued. I think that that's really what they're doing. Sure. And, they, and, but yeah, like, and that's worth $14 million a year. You know what? So no, the income of those but, that those employees are generating must then be more than whatever the next tier CEO. If the other CEO is asking for six million dollars a year, that extra eight million dollars a year, whatever culture this CEO is instilling into the employees <laughs> is worth plus eight million dollars. Well, it is insane because like it's definitely the most paid skill in our society is social and emotional intelligence. So they just must be really socially and emotionally intelligent 
They oh, must just like kind of just walk around and just be like, oh, the finance department feels a little sad today. I'll put some balloons in there. <laughs> so they're just glorified carers. Yeah, they're glorified carers. I think so. They That's a really just, good way of putting it. They got to just make the employees feel good. Yeah. That I I truly think that that is it's it's just another thing like in Marx's theory it's always just this idea that there's just no way that you can ever ever justify a CEO. It's kind of just like the, the salary of a CEO or just a CEO in general. The salary of the CEO. Mm. Like, there is no way that, even if that's true, that that guy's really emotionally intelligent and just being like, you having a bad day, are you? Well, we all have him. Hang in there, bucko. And then just goes on with the rest of their day. That that man is worth 200 times, like, the, mm. the geologist or whatever that's finding, like, the minerals in the ground. Mm. Like, surely that guy. Like, you don't have a product if you can't find the fucking mineral, you know? That, you think that so, guy- right? On a gut... <laughs> Just instinctually, the the salary they get just seems egregious. But I don't know. Like I said, I'd have to. I've never been on this board. <laughs> Maybe I'll if I'm ever on a board and I'm like, <laughs> no, I want the cheapest CEO. Then the whole company will go. Maybe the workers will be like, I don't feel inspired. What is this two million dollar a year CEO you've got for us? He doesn't make me feel important. Well, this is a- why do like people need to feel important. Just do the fucking job. You do raise a really Get good point there, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no loyalty at all. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's I'm a just proving I'd be a terrible CEO. <laughs> well, that's the other. Thing. You're yeah, not important. You're just a grain of sand. You know. See, what did that be about? <laughs> the anything. Cole Hatcar method. Quit. <laughs> Come on, why aren't you quitting? You need this, don't you? You need it. So fucking work. You're going to threaten to fire them or is that just, you, you just sit there and just I'm like, like, I don't even need to threaten you. I know you're such a pussy. You're going to stay here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll just, de- 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 like, I'll be the abusive CEO. Well, look, <laughs> abusive relationships work. People stick around. Why can't there be an abusive CEO? I'm sure from what I've heard, the, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Pac- Packer's father was just like a cunt. Yeah, massively. Yeah, so there you go. There's an abusive CEO. I don't know. Just a lot of enmeshed workers. <laughs> Fuck. You know what? You are right. And actually, when I read Malcolm Turnbull's biography, that's exactly what it sounded like as well. It sounded yeah. like an enmeshed relationship. My Like, Pe- Kerry Packer used to take things very personally. Like, if Malcolm Turnbull rang the wrong person or something, he'd be like, why are you ringing him? Because, you know, we're just doing some business. What you think you're doing business by yourself, are you? It's a lot of that. He was a very wow. suspicious, jealous man. Can I uh, ask you just about Malcolm Turnbull? Uh, because, of course, all these uh, major radio stations in, in Sydney, your 2GBs and 2UEs and then Channel 9 and things, they're very pro-liberal, but they all didn't really like Malcolm Turnbull. What's no, the- they did. It depended on the faction because that's really the divide in Australia's press. There is the press in Australia that likes wet liberals and there is the press that likes dry liberals. Because I remember uh, Ray Hadley was always talking about Malcolm Turnbull and oh, he doesn't like people like me. He looks down upon yeah. battlers like us. Yeah. And he's right. And But that, is that then, if they're getting you know donations from the Liberal Party and things, would that really be the right thing to say? Is that... Oh, well, it's, they're not getting donations from the Liberal Party, really. 2GB is its own monster. 
Two GB actually will. Two GB is now owned by Nine Fairfax, and I would like to see what uh, their coverage of Malcolm Turnbull would be after like a year or two of them being owned by Nine Fairfax. I think before that it was just Macquarie or something, and it got merged into. It's, it's, it's very complicated when it gets to these business things, but uh-huh. pretty much. There was your Murdoch Press and your Talkback Radios, and they were always supporting dry candidates. Peter Dutton, Tony Abbott. Yeah. Scott Morrison is kind of just this uneasy compromise within the Liberal Party. We like him. He seems like a bit of a soft cock, but we'll we'll go for him. (laughs) Yes. We seem to like people who are just the hard men or the perceived. I doubt they're actually hard men. Like, I can't imagine Peter Dutton's that actual tough guy. Peter Dutton. Peter Dutton's fucking tough. I know he's a cop and stuff. Really? Would he get, like, would he, you know, get in a biff? Out of everyone that you've just mentioned, think about it. Malcolm okay, Turnbull, yeah, yeah. Scott Moore, who's the most likely? Oh, Tony Abbott's the most no, likely Tony to get Abbott, into a beef. I reckon would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd yeah. be up for it. He'd box probably challenge. Like, he used to box and stuff, I'm pretty yeah. sure. He won a scholarship. For, he was good. He won a scholarship to a prestigious British university. I think it was Oxford. It could have been Cambridge for, for boxing. boxing. Wow. Well, there you go. I mean, then again, I how good would the boxing be at a prestigious British university? You need to go to like... It'd be a lot of this. Yeah, yeah you need to go to, to the fr- freaking like wherever it is, like the ghettos of East London. That's where the good boxers yeah. would be. So true. Fuck. Could you imagine how much... Harder it would be to get in on a boxing scholarship to, like, Newcastle University. <laughs> <laughs> the Newcastle Dave that you just wouldn't even, you couldn't even do it. <laughs> That's where the good boxers would be. Yeah, you're That's right. That's where the good fighters would be. Yeah, he'd be the only one that was boxing. Are there any uni fights? Were there ever, like, biffs at UNSW or UCID? Not that I saw. That would be funny. It I mean, think about it. I think I was the brawl. only white man in UNSW. I doubt there was ever going to be a That's beef. true. Oh, I don't know. It could be, you know, the there's a lot of Asian gangs and or like supposed gangs, yeah, try-hard they gangs. They weren't Vietnamese either, were they? No, they weren't. They weren't Westy no, they Asians. Were, they they were, were like, well, they were Hurstful Asians. Yeah, yeah. They went to UNSW. They like ran the gangs. Of the West, really? Who? What? What? What's the what? Uh, what look, Asian race were they? I don't know if they actually went they? to UNSW. Probably um, not. At, no, Hong Kong, not Chinese. That's a gang. I'm guess. I don't know. I just <laughs> what because what do you say? Well, I don't know. I just grew up in Hurstville, and there were uh, there were definitely gangs there, mm. and they had an Asian appearance. Okay, <laughs> so okay. I'm assuming that was their ethnicity. describing this to a cop. One they? of those Orientals, right? <laughs> I don't know. I, anyway, but no, Hurstville's Chinese, isn't it? So it could be Hong Kongese or Chinese. I think it's mainly. Uh, it's very Hong Kong. Uh, uh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know what you're allowed. What you want to be referred to there as? Did you ever get mugged by him? My friend uh, got mugged in year eight. Not no by um, a fob guy. These fob guys on the train. But he had an iPod. He got had a brand new iPod, and then oh, no. and then we were just year eight. We hadn't gone through puberty, and these guys looked 
probably year 11, 12. I don't know if they, they probably weren't in school. And then these guys are like, oh, bro, it's a nice iPod. Can I see it? No. And then my friend was like, yeah, man, how cool is it? And then he's like, can I have it back? No, it's mine now. And that was it. It wasn't a violent mugging. No, but it's the most emasculating, isn't it? Just a no. Yeah. And you know there's nothing you can do And yeah, it. no, we, we could not fight those guys. There was no <laughs> way in here. We were all fucking crying, man. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> That's such a sad story. <laughs> but, It'd be so much better if he was bashed in that story. It's just, it'd probably <laughs> be more, less emasculating yeah, if you actually yeah, got bashed, right? Taking it. <laughs> um, did you ever get mugged? Poor guy. Yeah, I got mugged. Oh. And it was a good old-fashioned beating as well. And that's what exactly happened? how it should be. I just came back out of watching iRobot. And I just remember saying, wow, that was a really good film. Doosh, straight in the eye. Where and was And then it? some lib was just like, give me a fucking wall of Huh? In Bondi, you got mugged in Bondi Junction. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Were you by yourself? Uh, no, I was with one friend and I remember just like getting bashed in the face and just instantly everything went in slow motion and hazy. And then I just remember a shot of him running away as they grabbed his bag. No, 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 not really. It's just like, you know, when something shocking happens and you're just like, and then, so that happened. And then, uh, yeah. And then, uh, they were just like... (laughs) And then, uh, and then there was just like another punch of just being like, I'm not fucking around. Give me a fucking wallet. I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. Shit. I was just like, yeah, where is my manners? You dazed me. And uh, yeah, I, I forgot that you asked for something. What yes, was your mate? You what did your mate do in the situation? Oh, they, they were going after him as well. They were just ripping his bag off. Oh, and I just remember shit. him getting it and then him fucking off. And then him coming he do- back. He like- dogged you. I would have done the same thing. Like, they ran away. Like, like, they well, were trying to bash the shit out of him, too. Yeah, right. Fair enough. How old were you guys? Year nine. And it's the classic years, isn't yeah, it? Eight and nine. That's yeah, when that's you get when your mug strike. You're, you're walking around by yourself. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see a movie a for the first time by yourself. You're a target. You think you're tough with your chains or, you know, you listen to Jilled Ja hair. Rule and you think you're a gangster, but then a, not even a man, just a <laughs> 17-year-old comes up to you and you're, all right, take it. <laughs> Take my iPod, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, now that you like bring you back, I'm really glad that I was mugged. It's you it's a it rite a... of initiation. Like you need to be in that situation at some point in your adolescence. Well, never. Yeah. It's just it it's an experience. It's like going through puberty, getting rejected by a girl, just a girl being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe she said yes." Like it's it's all part of the teenage experience. Okay, okay. well, I missed out on that part. No, you were there, weren't you? Form- you just sat there and just took it. And like th- that that is the worst mugging, I swear. So I was in the I sort of could see something happen. I couldn't tell it was a mugging because I thought the guy was just Looking at his iPod. Oh, okay. And then I was, I was, so it, no, I was either sitting opposite or I was on the, uh, a few seats down, but I was kind of, fo- I wasn't really focused on it. And then before I knew it, after a few stops, the fob guy had gotten off and my friend was crying. And then he was like, Damn. yeah, just got robbed. <laughs> and uh. I was like, oh, I didn't say, I didn't, not that I would have done anything, but. <laughs> All right. You're in proximity of a mugging. Yeah. But I didn't get. Didn't get mugged. What? Oh, once I had like my Digimon thing stolen. 
out of your bag. No, this guy, uh, when we were in primary school, this guy who I thought I was friends with yeah. invited him over. Big surprise. And we, um, I didn't really know him that well. I was kind of just being nice to him. He was a bit weird. And <laughs> Oh, then, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this confirmed it. And we were playing some video games. Then something happened. He was going to go and he's like, I just got to get my bag or something. And he got he went into my room and then just like ran out into the park and went home. And then later that night, I was looking for my um, my little, you know, those like Digimon things used to shake them. And what it was the shaking for? Because then they would do steps and evolve or something. Yeah, that's right. And you could scan that, shit. That was bullshit though, wasn't it? That, that didn't work. Like shaking really, didn't yeah. actually yeah, make suppo- them evolve. That's right. You were supposed to, it was a pedometer Digimon. You're supposed to clip it onto your pants and yep. then walk. But I was yep. just wanking The it. original iPhone. Yeah, yeah, and you could scan things to find new Digimon. It was a long time ago. And then I just never found my Digimon again. So, I mean, look, maybe it's still lost somewhere in that house. But, but probably not. I, yeah, because I was using it just Freak. before he came over and then it had gone. So I, I, I don't know if that's a mugging. No, that's not a mugging. A that's fair, just that's just theft. theft. Straight <laughs> up not theft. Yeah, actually. Just what am I talking about? Dirty, terrible and, and and oh god. More upsetting than like anything getting taken away from you in your entire life, I reckon. Tamagotchi's in Digimon because it's like ticks both the boxes of being like the hippest toy round and it was a pet. <laughs> you lost both. Yeah, wow. I lost my pet. Was it was it that stage where everybody had a Digimon or were you one of the early adapters? No, everyone had one. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I couldn't fit in anymore. Had to start again. Did you fight other people? Fight other yeah. uh, with my Digimon? Or, yeah. Uh, I think you could, the ones you, yeah, the ones you connect. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you connected yeah, yeah. them and you fought and... Oh, good times. That was how long, that would have been and nearly, such nearly a 20 shit years battle ago. as well. Jesus. Yeah, and oh. you, it was like the the fight was boring. I don't think that you could either win or lose that. I think it was just predetermined beforehand. Yeah, yeah. I it's swear to God, chance. it was and just pure chance. And then your Digimon was dead, and you had to start again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kids don't know how tough we had it. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, they we, lost don't. yeah. <laughs> no, we lost Pokemon our pets. We lost our virtual Go. pets. Yeah, and that toughened us up. You fucking pussies, <laughs> Gen Z cunts. You know what? No, no, the Actually, pain of losing your Digimon. <laughs> they don't fucking know that pain. They don't know any pain. They're dead inside. <laughs> I. Uh, so you love Gen Z? Well, I've changed my mind. <laughs> that, was a, that was a big turnaround. I know. You loved them. <laughs> no, I, I think that, yes, I do like them, but I think they're just like every other generation. They are very susceptible to it. And you know what I realized over the holidays after talking to quite a few Gen Z members? Dude. Jordan Peterson really needs to get famous again and fast. Uh, elaborate. I swear that man was the one that was holding back the tide of cuckdom. Just him, by himself. Holding back the tide of cuckdom. (laughs) The 
should be the title Dude, of the this Dude, the Common Sense Brigade shirt isn't <laughs> even a joke anymore. Like, I'm back in. I'm, I'm unironically back in the Common Sense Brigade. I love brigade. it. No, I needed to. I didn't watch it, but I, I saw you did a video on your second channel called Weak Men. And I thought this is going to be great. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but it's just the title. Yes. Got a lot of blowback what from you, Weak Men. What did you... What, what was the premise? Oh, the premise I'm was guessing, I was just exploring just the point. Cuck. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it, it needs to be said. Get mugged, you fucking bitch. I think that, dude, have you ever heard Gavin McInnes say this before? He's so right. Yeah. You're not a man until you've been in a fight. You're not a man until you've been beaten up, until you've beaten someone up, until you are had your heart broken, until you've broken someone else's heart. That's his, like, criteria for being a man. Well, I've only done two out of those four things. Yeah, actually. me too. I'm not even close. I'm not a man yet. I'm, I'm 50% of a man. <laughs> That's why I don't have chest hair. I've got a few little ones. <laughs> yeah, see, that's about 50%. Like, you know, like, it's just a pass mark of a man. Well, I've been in a fight, but neither person got beaten up. So, oh, I don't know. There's been, I've done some sparring, if that counts, where I've gotten pretty fucking beaten up. Yeah, that's, that All right, then that I've been beaten, beaten up. You've been beaten up. I haven't beaten someone up. <laughs> that's the point of sparring, right? Yeah. But you will get there. Yeah. And... Your late 20s, you will be a man. <laughs> About time. It is really sad. And I've got sad. to break someone's heart. You've got to break someone's heart? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, well, you don't know if you've broken someone's heart sometimes. Yeah, oh, if it's true. a long-term girlfriend and you break up with them and you can see that. But well, uh, that counts. it can be people that, I don't know, you were seeing them and then you're like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. But then I've you know, found out they were really hurt by that. That's breaking someone's heart. Is it? Well, yeah, dude, you, you've won all the criteria. All you need to do <laughs> is get better at boxing. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Either that or just mug some kid. <laughs> just <laughs> Can I beat you up? Because then it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be... I mean, You'll get beaten up. I'll beat someone four. up. We'll become men. <laughs> and we get the four out of I've already had my bloody... I've had my bearings. I've been beaten up before. Once, just that mugging. I think you... that's the only time oh, I've yeah, ever been beaten. Of course, beaten. you just said that. Yeah, yeah, geez. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I I've mean... been like, you know, mm. hospitalized, beaten up. Never that. Yeah. So, uh, I think that is counts. that what you were saying? On the, Do you think a man needs to go through those four rites of passage to become a man? No. Well, tell me, what do you think, what does it mean to be a man? Let's get into this. Well, what I was just saying, you know what, actually, I'm going to elaborate on that. Mm. Because I was thinking about it further, and I think that this actually just plays into attachment theory. Mm. But my point that I was making in that video was that, like, you know when you're, you're with a guy mm. and you just get this sixth sense that I can't joke around with this guy. Like, I can't <laughs> pay him out. I can't say anything too critical. I can't be sharp. Like, th this has to be a very pleasant, smooth interaction. Yeah, yeah, I get that sometimes, yeah. I think that's the sign of a weak man. And I think that's what Jordan Peterson was talking about, where he was saying that he worked on an oil rig or something. Hmm. And there was all these other dudes there that would just give each other cruel nicknames. And they'd rag on each other heaps. And that's what you do at job sites. That's what you do at work sites, right? Yeah. And then if they couldn't handle it, uh, they get bullied further. It's the same thing. It's just like the same theory as like in college and stuff, right? There is a hazing process. Um, so it's a toughening up 
ritual, essentially. It's not even a toughening up ritual. It's like a, can you hack it? Because I think what they're mm. looking for is trustworthiness. Because I think that there's just this thing that happens where, like, the chips are down. And, you know, it's it's very easy for mm. everyone to get along when everything's going well. But if something doesn't go well, and it's especially dangerous if you're in a blue-collar job, right? Like, if you're working on an oil rig Absolutely, or something, yeah. like, dude, things blow up and, like, people's mm. skin burns off. So... They need to know that you're going to be there. That, like, you know, if there's a fire or something, they're going to run in and try and help you instead of just being like, fuck off. Mm. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for this kind of gumption of character that men need to have where they can kind gumption. of just stick something out. Nice Don't you word. reckon? Gumption. What does that mean? Sticking, sticking, sticking to something. That's, that's a nice word. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's like this thing. I, I, I really think that that's what it is. It's just there is this. Uh, detestability in society for men that can't hack it. There's, you know, like that kind of idea of that stoic dad that does a, that's a man. A man is a man that does a fucking job he hates and he does it every fucking day and then he gets, and then he yells at his kids and takes it out on them. Fucking you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, but, you know, that, that, that fucking, like, the, the, you hear, it's not our generation thing. It's actually a baby boomer thing. Like, if you ever yeah, listen to our parents and stuff like yeah. that, they're always like, my dad was a quiet man and sometimes he beat us and shit like that. And, like, you know, obviously, I'm, well, they look, now, now we're just going to get into this fucking AUWU clipping. So, yeah, Panthera just saying that. And also, like, uh, Wait, it's, it? all, it's clearly a joke, huh? Oh, oh, they're, this, they're funded by this. Panthera, which is just, like, the most... Like they're there to like help the unemployed or whatever, and Panthera is one of the primary companies um, profiting off robo debt. So they're just like it's it's even more insidious than what I thought of an organization. So that's just what I say every time I say anything bad. Now I just say A U W U Panthera, so they can't clip mm. it out of context. And also, if you fucking do, I'll be doing a video on it. Um, but yeah, so yeah, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like there's this. There is this implicit understanding in society that men need to be capable of doing things that they don't want to do. I think that's just like a, a, a sign of strength in anyone. Yeah, but, but it is, is especially that, does, looked down upon in men. It is. Uh, do you think that's a sort of value that should be instilled into everyone in the population? Because I don't see why it would not be beneficial to have uh, a good sense of uh, perseverance and resilience within everyone. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely true. And there is a different type of perseverance with women. But I'm talking about like in terms of in in terms of men, mm. it's kind of like the humor thing reversed in that like women don't have to be funny. Therefore, on average, they're less funny than men. I think it's the same thing with men, uh, with women. It's just like women kind of have to persevere raising children. So it's kind of just understood that they're going to just stick things out men on the other hand their their worth usually as like chris rock was saying is always just coming from finance it's always just coming from being able to provide and things like that this is a standard character of a man right so th there's that societal implication on it i'm not i'm going to get into that argument of just being like yeah, but like sh these are stereotypes and stuff just shut the fuck up i'm just putting the lay of the land but like mm. um but the thing is, like, personally, for you as a man, 
if you do not have that that uh that character trait of perseverance mm. like every, you are going to be widely resented in life and you won't get far it's just like a common theme of success and you know what i noticed a lot in the comments of that mm. you could tell that the men that were like getting angry about it they had the character trait of a weak man they were they were too upset by this thing right whereas like mm. normally uh, if an, a guy hears something that they don't agree with and they have like a strength of character they're, they're comfortable enough within themselves to just be like okay and then get on with their day you mm. know and then the other thing that i found that was or very interesting would about, they have you know can you disagree and, and challenge someone without necessarily being upset but but it wasn't like the, it was not as you can tell you can know? i just play <laughs> can i just say let me just play devil's advocate there because i agree that's a really important value that should be instilled into people but yes especially men uh that argument that it is a stereotype say that it has just been culturally ingrained this idea that a man should be stoic and tough and uh that is what it should be valued in a man is there any credence to that argument that it is a socially malleable idea that we can then sort of strip back and that people are trying to do now i suppose yeah well look definitely because there's like a this might actually be a better way of putting it it's a masculine trait yeah it's not necessarily that you can be, you know, like you can be a man and not have that trait. But like, I don't even see like what these men is doing as being like a feminine trait. I honestly just see it as weakness. I see it as just like an undeveloped boy in a man's body. That's that's what I'm like looking at there. Like when it comes to like these ideas of just like that's a stereotype and whatever. Dude, like... Maybe, but why do the stereotypes exist? As comedians are always pointing out, because the stereotypes are true. Yeah. It's like they're there. And you can have the whole nature versus nurture argument, but the whole point of self-help is kind of just like navigate you through the lay of the land. Mm. And you know what else I noticed in the comments, which was very interesting? There was a lot of women that were agreeing with it. A lot of women were saying, this is my brother or this is my ex. There's something very disconcerting and off-putting about, uh, well, a, a human, but particularly a man that is that does uh, showcase those character traits that, whether you want to call it weakness, but sensitivity, and uh, and that's not to say, you know, I think it's important to be emotionally intelligent. I don't think just repressing all emotion is a healthy thing, but. If you're, you know, just uh, susceptible to crumbling at any little insult or anything that you may disagree with, so that and just sort of the insecurity and these sorts of things, it, it's not something that really um, bodes well with, well, one, me, but I think with a lot of people, it makes people feel quite uncomfortable. Yes. And it's sad in a way because these people are... Well, they're human beings, and it's probably making it worse for them that so many people are, well, looking down or sort of just not wanting to converse with them. But there is a really visceral, uh, biological, well, seems to be biological truth to that. and Like a runt of the litter. Yeah. It you is, have that it feeling. Is, it's just like the runt on the litter gets picked on more. You, you get that kind of feeling, yeah. And just from a um, well, purely anecdotal perspective... The most trying um, times in my life where I've faced the most adversity are the ones where I've come out and actually 
felt more like a man afterwards. Yeah, of I course. felt of course uh, like I can persevere through, and I uh, it's it's actually given me more motivation to do things, and it's made me less uh, sensitive. I actually mm. Um, mm. so mm. I think there's something to be said about uh, putting people through tests of their character and you know, some sort of uh, uh, arduous task that they have to endure. Whether it's a, be- a beating, I don't, I don't know, but, like, you know, something. <laughs> something. It's good. Like, martial arts is it's very humbling. Oh, it doesn't yeah. sound like Joe Rogan, right? But he's correct. Yes. It's very humbling for yeah. uh, anyone to yeah. to go through that. Especially when you're sparring, you get beaten the fuck out of, and then it makes you like, I'm going to fucking bash that guy next time. And you train yeah. really hard and you work really hard. And then when you... I have noticed things like that where then I've, I've um I don't spar anymore. But when I was sparring with people that just were way better than me at the start, and then I'd be on a very similar level to them a few months later, and it's a very rewarding feeling. Interesting. Very very rewarding feeling. You know why as well? You're just exercising something that is primal to men. There, that's why. I think it is, man. Yeah. And the other thing is as well, you see this all the time with people that like, I've never studied martial arts and I can't say it. And like when I'm just saying, because people are always just being like, yeah, well, you're not a man either because you don't work at a construction site and shit. And it's like, yeah, dude, I'm clearly not the most manly man. I wear Korean rice masks. I'm not talking a, about that type of You're man. a model. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. I'm basically a lesbian. Like I just like women. <laughs> and a man's man wouldn't even like with it. Well, they'd, I don't know, they'd fuck women. They wouldn't like yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to okay. <laughs> hang out with the boys. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I'm not talking about... I really want to watch this video now. I haven't seen... Yeah, well, yeah, dude, like like always with all of these videos, everyone just, like, picks apart things. It's just like... Uh, things that you just say off the cuff. And it's like, yeah, if I, if I had my mm. time again, I would have expressed things differently. But you're trying to get across... A general sentiment here. And the thing is, like, I I swear the vast majority... The other thing that I found interesting was there a lot of people that were just sitting there and they were saying, like, fuck, you're right. I do have that about me. So what when you say things like weakness or, you know, inability to handle banter or whatever it is, uh, are there any other specific traits that we're talking about here? You know, is it indecisiveness maybe? Because... Well, yeah, indecisiveness. Indecisiveness, I, yeah, like that, that's a character weakness, I think. But this is more... Okay, this is, this is what I think it is. An inability to leave a comfort zone. And that's all I think it is. It's just about stages of development. That's why we're talking about a man. We're just talking about a mature boy here because... When you're in a womb, that is a circle of comfort. And then you go to your cot. You can just roll around a little bit more and like play with a mobile or something like that, right? Then you go to being a toddler and you've got your little playpen. Mm. You know, like you're just slightly expanding your world more and more, right? But then you get up to these buffer zones. Like recently, uh, maybe like six months ago or something like that, uh, one of my employees was challenging me to make a video and I was just saying, no, I'm not going to be doing that. And there's that same beta rage that I'm talking about in it, you know, this is like two types of rage in men. It's like what Jordan Peterson's always talking about, where like 
attractive men and men that men trust. And it's the same thing with like martial arts, I think, as well, is that there is this martial arts does two things, right? It develops a monster in a man and it also develops the discipline in the man to like maintain that monster. So you have this sense that the guy is like, I've noticed this all the time. Every time I've ever met like a a judo expert or something like that, or like, I don't know what the actual martial, because I know nothing about them, but there's, there's this, there's this, you have this feeling about them of like, that's mm. a fucking dangerous man. Like yeah, he could kill me with a there. single move, you know, yeah, right? Yeah. But he's also very nice and you, like you feel safe around him. And there's this kind of thing of this, this general understanding of like, that guy could beat the shit out of me. And you, you just yes. understand your place. The, you man, the the person who is capable of being domineering and being a bully, but instead Isn't. chooses not to chooses not use to be. that and and to be kind and to be altruistic, but then when the going gets tough and if they need to bring that out, yeah, it comes out. It comes out for the right reasons. Yes, that's the uh, ideal person, let alone man. Right? Yes. Whereas um, the other thing, the, the exact opposite version of that, I guess, is just like chucking a tantrum. And that's what I'm talking about, you know? Like, there's just the, those kind of baby men that, like, that something doesn't go their way or they don't feel... I think there's always just this. They don't feel comfortable in a situation and then there's just that fucking rage that you see of them just being like, get the fuck off me, fuck you! Like, th- that kind of anger where you're not uh-huh. really, like, scared by the anger. You're kind of just like... It's... It's just a bit pathetic. Okay. Let me uh, again play devil's advocate and say there's a big conversation now about uh, the uh, incessant need for stoicism in men, which is causing a lot of men to not talk about their feelings and to maybe uh, shun uh, really negative emotions and potentially things like depression, and that's actually leading to a lot of male suicide. One, what do you have to say to that? And then I'll also say what I think about that but because i tend to i think agree with you but i'd just be interested to hear what you have to say to that well this is why i was thinking about it more with attachment theory afterwards and i think that it actually does explain it remember how we were talking before about uh you know there's just like islands anchors and waves right and somebody who's just an island is somebody who is uh doesn't have attachment issues they have the exact opposite of that they they find it hard to make connections with other people they don't want to make connections with other people they they, when when the going gets tough uh when when they're challenged in life anything like that they retreat within themselves whereas people with attachment issues who are constantly like just desperate for connection those people when the going gets tough they throw tantrums and they like they, they want more they want more like attention on them, and they're just like you know, just like this constant like begging for acknowledgement and stuff. And so, they're expecting someone else to fix their problems. They're expecting someone else to fix their problems, whereas like the other person, the the island, denies they have a problem. And yep. then you have your anchor in the center, and everybody's kind of on that spectrum somewhere. And then like, an anchor is basically just a secure person, and there's just two different types mm. of insecurity, right? I think that that's what it describes is because it's just this definite phenomenon. I was even reading it recently in this book called. Um, uh, white tears, brown scars, or whatever, and it was just talking about the fact, like, like what you were saying before, of just like there's like a certain type of white chick that comes from like the northern beaches or something like that. This <laughs> really, or like the the inner west, just like very detestable person. And she was just writing it, just being like, 
everyone, like white men, uh, you know, uh, uh, or, or women of different color and stuff like that. They, they, they all wrote to me after I wrote this book and was just like, there was someone like that at my work. And then we were saying that like this also so, so, crosses over to so women wrote, women of color wrote to her or to you no to this woman uh, who wrote this book yeah and also like you know just men of all different races and stuff like that they were just saying yeah I knew a, a girl like that at my, my at my work yeah and uh, it was it was also like as you were saying before like there's also like you do see like the uh, next after that it would be like indians and asians but ones that like you know grew up in those like north shore private schools i think that that because their parents would probably be go-getters they'd probably be surgeons and lawyers and things like that uh-huh. so they'd never spend any time with the kid and instead yeah. what they do is what we were saying before like they th- they just throw money at the kids and as a result of that they have this attachment complex because okay, they just yeah. like they just kind of just ignored their entire life, and so they're just like very desperate, and so they just lash out all the time. Anyway, I was thinking about that, and then I was just thinking like, dude, they're, they're really the categories that you always see that are detestable, like the w- what are the two major categories that are just like hated online, right? It's like feminists and soy boys. Like those are the ones that everyone fucking despises. Yeah. Like nasty men, nasty women, weak men. I swear to God hmm. that that nasty woman that you always see, that is somebody with the attachment issue of being a wave. And the the weak man, the soy boy, the cuck, that is an island. Because th- they have those traits. They have those traits of like. The the soy boy kind of like retreating into themselves. There's and the um the the, the nasty woman that like you you come across mm. and everyone's just like they're not rational. They just fucking yell all the time and shit like that. It's because they have those like emotional outbursts that people with attachment issues of that of of the wave have. And again, like you, you can say, like there there is men with attachment issues and then there is men and then there are women that like are islands that retreat in on themselves that's true but disproportionately waves are women and disproportionately men are islands they can they can reverse okay but i think that that's like just yet sorry go on i think uh that when i was just describing that type of man and you could see that type of man responding they always have those kind of responses of like i am unsubbing this one was very disappointed i don't want to it's like this constant like there's this underlying message in it of just like i don't want to engage whereas with waves when they're angry they're, they're there they're not they're not saying like i'm i'm going away they're just like fuck you like they, they, there's, they, they're not trying to retreat. They're going further into you. Well, first I want to say that the people who uh, threaten unsubbing is quite narcissistic when you think about so it. So narcissistic. Out of the 100,000 followers you have, I am choosing to unsubscribe and proclaim it to you. And thus, you will change your decision to make this very video again. Like, give me a fucking break. All right. Look, if 50% of my audience started saying, yeah, look, this is this is questionable, I would start to think about things. But if even if 20% <laughs> of 
And so I wouldn't, I, I don't think I would care. Like I can still do my job. <laughs> so that that's like the most annoying comment that you get, is it? Because like there's nothing yeah, yeah. that irks me more. And it's exactly that. It's just the narcissism. I you after that. you did this. I know. I mean, I don't it's like, it's, but, but It just, doesn't just annoy this... me. I'm just like, I, I'd rather someone like that unfollow me, to be honest. Yeah, what a, what a, uh, it just, it, uh, I just find it strange that someone feels the need to sort of proclaim their disappointment when they could, like, there's people I unfollow all the time. I'm just like, all right, they haven't had a good video for months. I'm just, I mean, forget about it. Yeah. But I don't sit there commenting, being like, yeah, you yeah. used to be funny and now I'm disappointed. Look, I'm flattered in a way because I clearly meant that much to you that you needed to sort of, it, it almost as though we're in a relationship and you needed to say, you've disappointed Damn, me true. for this long true. and I can't have any more of it. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care, bro. Um, but just going back to the, because there's, there's a big, that is a very big conversation now about, you know, what it means to be a man. And, and uh, I, I talk about this a lot on the on the um, other podcast I do. And I do... I can see, you know, both sides to the cultural argument. I just worry that the sort of one of the progressive ideas of, you know, man, you need to open up, you need to talk about your feelings. It's sort of throwing out the baby with the bathwater when it comes to the values of stoicism because I think a lot of those things like perseverance and resilience and character building from often arduous experiences are very beneficial and can build up a tolerance, an emotional tolerance in someone so that they then... um, are less susceptible to things like depression and, and sort of sadness later in their life. I'd sort of put the analogy out there that, again, using a sport one, I guess, such a mad thing to do. But uh, if you've got a debilitating injury, you know, if you've got a broken leg, you probably can't take in the sport you need to, uh, that you usually play, right? But if you've just got some pain in your back, just fucking toughen up and do it, right? Mm, just mm. go for it. So if mm. you're feeling a bit sad, Go to work, get up, do what you have to do, get through it because then you know, oh, I can, I can persevere through that emotional pain. Therefore, the next time it happens, it's nothing mm. and you can go through more. Whereas if it's so debilitating to the point where it just really impedes your ability to actually uh, live and do the job, then yeah, you need to seek um, professional help. But yeah, someone like David Goggins, right? He'll actually go and do marathon runs with broken ankles and things. Now he's the one you should probably aim for, right? But obviously not everyone can live up to that standard. But I think um, just, you know, every emotional whim you may have, it's not something to to proclaim and to ask for people to change their behavior in order to make you feel better. Um, I also do acknowledge that maybe there are some, not necessarily in my social side, not, well, maybe in different sectors of society. I think it's especially prevalent in, rural areas but uh men who just particularly men but uh, women as well who just do not even want to talk about their you know if they're feeling really depressed or they're feeling completely at a loss and they they would rather just well very sadly end it than than just talk and in that situation of course they you should talk um and you should seek some help but <laughs> for the for but the most part, see... I think for those like commenters and the people who get upset about things on the internet, I think they do need a good dose of toughen up, basically. Yeah, of course, especially with our generation. But uh, like you see it over and over with those "it ain't weak to speak" campaigns. 
Yeah. You look at the comments. They're aimed at men. Who's commenting on it? Women. There's very few men that are, like, commenting on this shit. I really think that this is actually, like, a thing that, like, when it comes to these ideas of just, like, it's okay for men to cry. You have to teach men to cry. Like, who's usually championing these? It's, it's people like Clementine Ford and stuff. It's, like, it's... Like, yeah, we get mm. it. You, you are supposed to be able to cry at certain points in your life and stuff, right? But, like, the people that are advocating this, I swear in the vast majority of instances you look at it and they just have classic wave traits. It's the same as, like, I guess, like, if somebody just says that, like, you just need to toughen the fuck up. Again, it's just an island. But they're just, like, really imprinting the way they see the world. Onto everybody else. So Whereas I think point, that, yeah. like, really what you should be advocating as always is, like, dude, with virtually every human being traits, mm. it's a flip side. Like, it's, it's like, there, there is a paradox there to hitting yeah. that happy medium. There's, exactly. That's all I'd, I'd say as well. Uh, and it's interesting how we're often so concerned about making sure people don't say or do things that harm other people whereas if you can instill a strong sense of resilience and and well toughness within people that is a defense mechanism against any other behavior or speech or action that someone might say that could hurt someone because it then makes it redundant Mm, because mm. whatever those things people were saying that were considered bullying or uh, that were, you know, uh, impeding their sense of self-worth, that then is rendered impotent by this person's newfound sense of uh, toughness mm. and resilience. So mm. that's what we really should be instilling into um, young people mm. uh, to a degree that's that it's healthy and not to a degree that it's insurmountable. But um, by doing that, we then alleviate the need to tell people don't say that make sure you don't hurt these people make sure you don't hurt this community because if everyone just doesn't care if people make fun of them or if people say something that may be hurtful then it just completely like that's the best defense what what is it the best offense is what yeah whatever that stupid saying is but see this is the whole thing right don't you think that like the vast majority of people that's why you see those vocal minorities on twitter and like reddit they usually cluster into these ones. TikTok has it as well. And it's because the average secure person, like what you were saying before, is not going to comment. So the big furor that's happening is usually just happening around a bunch of insecures. I swear that that's like what SJWs really are. That Their entire culture is just that. It's just a bunch of very insecure people that need constant validation. Because, like, why else would you be on Twitter? Why else would you be on Reddit? <laughs> They're collective the, tantrums, right? Just... Collective tantrums. Yeah. And, and collective, like, I exist. Okay, you got to, like, yay. Like, always, you know? Never, yes. like, really putting in effort to create anything of value or something that is bigger than like, you know, just this instant, yeah. just like, notice me, notice me, notice me. That's what they're looking for. I couldn't agree more. The The problem though is by making fun of them and by if they are really insecure people, that then they just uh, go even further into that mindset. So we got to sort of be able to foster a sense of meaning and self-actualization for them in sources other than this toxic cancelling ideology 
uh, that they partake that, in. But do you think that there is any hope for them? Because honestly, I, like, I look I at these like people and I don't. So. You reckon? I like. I think there's hope for everyone, but maybe that's being a bit naive. But it's that kind of thing of just like you can bring a horse to water, but can you make it drink? I really think that that, that sums up the situation with them. I don't know, because there's a lot of... T- even I look back at my... Uh, when I was, say, just five, six, seven years ago, not that long ago, I wouldn't say I was fully in that that mindset at all, but I definitely had a lot more of those kind of traits. And... Like I said, it was it was actually the things that I went through that were um, quite hard. And even comparably, com- comparatively, I haven't really gone through anything that hard. I mean, some people have gone through war and poverty and cancer and all sorts of things. I can't really complain, but at all. But but for me, subjectively, it was it was hard what I went through. And then I got rid of a lot of those traits. Yeah, it but fell off. I, I I really think that there's something because I've known you for a while. I, I've always seen those two traits in you of just being like self-reflective and curious. Like if you don't have those traits, you're not going to be able to do that. But you always had that at the very beginning of just like you know. I suppose that's just like what I'm really saying. Like really, with those like weak men traits, there's just this kind of thing of just like this is my little rut. I'm staying in it. You know, I yeah, see yeah. this all the time. Like someone like you, for instance, like you got a problem, you read about it. You got a problem, you acknowledge it, you read about it. Mm. They don't have that. I really think that they're just kind of like happy being there. They don't I think they're just happy. like it's sad. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're will, not happy. They will they're be happier happy. if they um, try and become self-sufficient as much as possible. But the thing is, like, dude, a lot of these people that you look at, they're older than you. You know. Yeah, I know. It's um, so like I see it as just like it's kind of obvious early on in your adulthood if you're going to go down the route of trying to move towards being more secure as a person. Hmm. And then the other ones, like it's it's the same it's the same usual suspects on Twitter. It's it's the same ones. Like and and then like yeah, it it's it's really like there's there's like a direct <laughs> correlation i see it all the time the more tweets you have the worse person you are i'm like so always... much happier being off i've been off it now for two three months soon it's the best i know it's great i don't need i realize i don't need it i had twelve thousand followers on it and the others i have at least a hundred thousand followers mm. and i'm sure everyone that follows me on twitter probably follows me on something else mm. Now, I could have sort of unfollowed all the people that were uh, putting me in a state of uh, uh, stress or and just followed really happy accounts or something like that. But what's the point? You do yeah. have a human urge to get into the get into that tribalism and mm. you read you retweet something that you really agree with and then you find something that you viscerally disagree with and that makes you so angry and, and you're just in a bad mood for an hour of the day and 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 it's not worth it. Mm. It's if Unless you're a journalist or uh, even now, do you really need... Okay, do you... Whoever's on Twitter, do you really need to be on there? If you're uh, disciplined enough to be on there 20 minutes a day and you're just there and you genuinely don't get that same emotional response I do and most people sound like they do, go for it. Be on there. But um, I'm so much happier not being on it. Mm. Yeah, mm. so... Really the worst, the, the absolute lowest of the low, I think, are Twitter and Reddit. 
I think if you can just get rid of those two yeah. out of your life, you're good. I never really, never looked at Reddit. Very uh, neither rare. did I've I. Yeah, app, I, re- I very rarely looked really... at it, and every time I looked at it, it was just like, uh, this is just. You know what it is? It really seems to me like the idiots of the elite class seem to gravitate towards Twitter, and the idiots of the pleb class seem to gravitate towards Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's just always just all these unfounded, very like, oh, I, I don't like this personally. Like, it's just constant whining, whining from strangers. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's just, I, yeah, I really think yeah. that. Get off it, man. Do you need get to off be it? On but Twitter? also, like, do, do you, for me? Yeah. Well, I'm not. Like, I don't really, like, handle social media much at all. Like, sometimes it's just, like, very, very rarely I'll, like, uh, make comments got- and shit. So, w- have you been on it recently to Because you've obviously when been on it. was the last it? time I was on it? And I had quite a response to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I get because I was on it. Our last podcast last year, I was the one that was, like, whinging about the, um, you know, the cartoon and that. And then... Ever since I've been off Twitter and, and not engaging with those sorts of arguments, I feel so much, I just, it's just so much better. All the others are great. Like Facebook, you just don't take the comments seriously because it's all boomers. Yeah, that's true. And then Instagram, I, uh, pff, the comments are just fire emojis or that was funny. No one's really saying anything. True. <laughs> too provocative there. It and is really weird that all these little what cultures. What apps am I on? Tinder. That's great. Um, Is it? It can be, yeah. So, what's the average? What, what what's like the average person on tw- on Tinder? Um, that I match with, or just in general? That I you think see? just in general, because like, dude, I swear that there is just a type of person on Instagram. There's a type of person on Twitter. It's people that want to fuck, man. Like that. <laughs> it's Tinder, right? I don't know what. Else. Oh, then there's. I'm sure some of the females no, are looking the, for a relationship. I'm sure there's some men on there looking for a relationship too. But yeah, but they that's their that's that's one of their avenues. But they've also yeah. got Bumble, and they've also got yeah. Bumble's the more Bumble's the wholesome one, it's, isn't it? It supposedly is. Yeah, but then again, I've had like one night stands from Bumble as well. Yeah, of course. Um, they didn't mingle. Yeah, but and now on Bumble you can say if you want a relationship or something casual. <laughs> And then, like, why would you this say is something exactly casual? Like, just reduce all your matches completely. Exactly. Like, um, if if you're a guy and you're pressing that, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <and> then, <laughs> I tried it for a week to see if it would actually reduce my matches, and it did dramatically. So then I was like, well, of course. I just, yeah. I'll just won't uh, tick any of them. <laughs> um, um, but uh, then there's Hinge, which um, everyone really likes. I've never liked it. It's weird. There's all these questions you have to answer, and I just didn't like it. Hinge, it's really, uh, it's such a hit and miss app. From what I've heard, there's just like some people that just do well, some people that do not. To me, everybody that I see that's on Hinge is a hipster. So it just makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know why Mm. they're gravitating towards that one either. And then there's coffee and bagel or whatever it is. And that is just for like uh, accountants and lawyers. Yeah, I don't even. I haven't even heard of that. I know there's plenty of. There's so many now. Mm. I mean, Tinder's still your classic. 
the one I think that most people are on. Okay. I think oh, I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe um cuz like every time I think of 30s and that it's it's some of the other ones. Yeah. I don't know. But every time I ever think of like uh, uh someone on Tinder for instance, I I, I just think of Westies. I reckon they'd just be like yeah, well, heaps the of chicks on there, like <laughs> Asian chicks with just like fake contacts on to make their eyes look blue. Yeah, well, they're, 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 they're the best in bed, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Definitely. Well, yeah, it all like plays into rich, each other, right? Rich girls aren't good in bed. Oh, unless they've had like that, the dad that just was never at home and always just searching, searching for that. Then they're probably good in bed, but... The- <laughs> <laughs> the ones that had like the dad that just yelled at them yeah. <laughs> every time they tried to draw them a picture. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a sucker cock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all know it. They definitely and Similarly, do. I'm sure the men are probably, I wouldn't know, but I'm sure they're. They had a pile drive. Whereas the guy that grew up with the like loving, beautiful middle class family, you know, he's not going to fucking choke a bitch. I swear you could always just tell, <laughs> can't you? Yeah, I reckon you can too. You can definitely yeah. tell who's going to be good at fucking and who isn't. <laughs> there was actually like a. What do you? What do you? Re- okay. What do you? Re- if you were looking at a girl, and what traits would you see that would make you think, yeah, she she's good at fucking? Tattoo. Don't you reckon? <laughs> Sure, yeah. This is just a sign, isn't it? It is an advertisement. Yeah. Kind of a passive of honor, really. Yep. Um, yeah, I know how to give a handy properly. That's really what that says. Elaborate eyeliner. Yeah. Mm. A, ch- uh, a choker. Oh, yeah, definitely. But you know what also, else as well? But then also some uh, that are... The, girl next door type that's just very sweet and almost quite shy and smile a lot and then out of nowhere this fiend comes out well i've always heard that actually because it's like so unexpected right okay Hmm. yeah i've i've heard that from others any girl next door that i've ever had sex with was just pretty bad so (laughs) maybe it's you you know, that's something that I, I do think about so much now. With all bad sexual experiences. Is it me? <laughs> but, like, I swear, time. as a guy, like, okay, you can get fingering technique wrong, but there's really not much that you can get wrong with plowing a chick, is there? Surely. It's in and out. You'd have to ask the um, you have our, to ask them, our five female listeners. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you reckon? What do you reckon? <laughs> is it better at pile driving or not? You know, how long has this been going for? It feels like, yeah, like an hour and a half. We've got to wrap this one up soon. So, uh, good one to start yeah, the year. Uh, yeah, the cat's up. Um, like I said, hope you had a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Um, I have a show on sale in the Gold Coast in late March. Assuming, no. Yeah, assuming that there's no border closures. Uh, but there will be, of course, there'll be refunds given. It's part of the Gold Coast Comedy Festival, so go check that out. Jordan does have a tour on. Uh, w- sort of. We don't really know what's uh, happening, but I'm sure that it's the same situation where everyone would get refunded if you do buy. Um, subscriptions are available. There's not many left out of the $10 and $30 a month subscriptions 
Um, so go to neilcolehacker.com slash podcast. If you want to subscribe, we'll answer your questions, do a podcast based on your topic. But have a great 2021, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys.